talk about like passing from Paul for a while just because they're doing so much stuff I mean they did this and then, like, we can talk about Hansen. Chazelle we can talk about Hartwood so we can talk about Pash and Paul sure 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 in the beginning hey guys welcome to the cinema talk podcast that's our intro for the day uh let's get started boys all right what are we doing today today we are discussing La La Land starring Emma Stone Ryan Gosling and your boy, John Legend, directed by Damien Giselle. Mm, music by Pask and Paul. Music by Justin Hurwitz and lyrics, lyrics by Pask and Paul. There we go. All right. I'm Brendan. I'm Ryan. I'm Logan. Sweet. Let's do it. Give us a rundown. All right. So, a plot summary real quick coming at you. Gonna have to edit this out because I did not have the plot summary. It's okay. We can just... Right, so, like, be silent like for a couple seconds. It's like... Mia, played by Emma Stone, is an aspiring young actress whose lead role right now is as barista at the coffee shop on the WB lot. <laughs> Sebastian, played by Ryan Gosling, is a young jazz artist who wants to open up his own club. Unfortunately, he is stuck playing jingle bells at restaurants. The two run into each other many times, including on the LA freeway and in the restaurant that Seb works at, and eventually at a party where Seb's is playing. Mia and Seb start to bond as they look for Mia's car after the party, but they leave without exchanging information. A few days later, Seb breaks into the WB lot to find her and talk to her. They wander around the lot talking about acting and jazz when Mia gets a call callback for a TV show. They go to see Rubble Without a Cause for research and their romance continues. Their relationship is seemingly going great until Seb's college friend, Keith, played by John Legend, shows up. He offers Seb's the keys part in his new band and Seb reluctantly accepts with Mia's approval. Mia around this time also starts up a one-woman show that she's been working on. With both never around, their relationship begins to fall apart, ending with a huge fight. Seb misses Mia's show due to a photo shoot. She decides to leave L.A. and break up with Seb after the show. Seb receives a call at their apartment that a casting agent was at Mia's performance and wants her to come in for a huge movie audition. Seb goes and gets Mia to come back to L.A. for the audition. She nails the audition and is offered the part. We then jump five years into the future, where Seb owns his own club called Seb's. Thank God it's not chicken on a stick. Not chicken on a stick. And Mia is a huge movie star. In the sad reveal of the movie, Mia returns home to her husband. That is not Seb. And child. And child. uh, Who is also not Seb. Also not Seb. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a great great plot. If if this were a rival. Yes. It would have been Seb. Your kid is Seb. Whoa. Uh, one night, Mia and her husband go out for dinner and randomly come upon a jazz club. Upon entering, Mia realizes that it is Seb's club. Seb plays their theme as we jump into a huge montage of what their relationship could have been if everything went well. Seb and Mia then share a glance and smile as she leaves the club, both now having what they wanted. And that is the plot of La La Land. I, of course, left out all the musical numbers, but they are also a huge part Rich. of this movie. Yes. Um, all right. So I guess we'll just go into, we'll start with uh, the music itself, music by Justin Hurwitz and lyrics by Pashkin Paul, who are now blowing up. We talk about our experiences with the movie. Yes. Said, and Logan, you're wearing a Dear Evan Hansen shirt yes, today. Logan, very, very, very topical. Yes. I could have put my hat uh, on. Which you can, of course, see because this is an yes, audio podcast. Yes, because this is an audio yes, podcast. Right? But so he is wearing it, see, I swear. Uh, yeah, of course, that music I don't wear composed clothes. by Pashkin Paul. Yep. Um, these lyrics done by Pascal Paul. But, uh, both great. A yeah. uh, little bit of behind the scenes with Pascal Paul. 
they weren't actually originally the they weren't part of the original team with this movie they were brought on actually um somewhat late in the um pre-production process um uh Hurwitz and Chazelle worked together because they were college roommates they've been working together on this movie for I believe around a decade until it was able to come out and um as soon as they brought in Pashkin Paul, they said they knew exactly who they wanted to write the lyrics because Hurwitz, while being a great composer, is not a lyricist, so they didn't need yeah. Sorry, other people to, to come in. Turn off the humidifier in the background. But um, so yeah, what was your experience with this movie the first time you saw it? So the first time I saw this movie, I was coming back from Germany. Actually, I was on a plane. I had been meaning to see the movie for a while, so like it had already like had the huge like deal with like everything at the Oscars, which we'll talk about. So we'll talk about that. Um, But yeah, no, I was coming back from a flight in Germany, and I was like, oh well, this is this is great. I mean, I'll just like watch this. It'll be one of the like the eight movies that you watch on a flight, like whatever. And so I watched it, and I was was just astounded. It was great. watched it one more time just at home in the Mm. comfort of my own home and uh yeah it's pretty good really like this movie um i saw it in theaters when it first came out um with my family i thought it was very good um i didn't think i i remember watching it and in kind of thinking that it was the kind of movie that i wouldn't enjoy as much the second time um but I, I think I did. I did like it more the second time. Um, and I've listened to the music a lot in between then and played some of the music. Sure. Um, but, yeah. It's, it's I should say score. that you both are musically talented and I am not. But <laughs> um, I saw this movie for the first time in theaters with my grandparents right when it came out. Um, I was up visiting them and we go to see movies a lot. So this movie was coming out and... Um, my grandparents like, oh, it's getting a lot of Oscars buzz. We should go see. And I'm like, uh, I'm not really that into musicals, so we'll see how this goes. But um, no, you are not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not overly against them. But I was just I saying, just I should don't, point I don't, out. I, should I just point, not right. my thing. I should point out that Logan and I are both uh, musical actors. Yes, and I am the uh, the friend in the group that is not yeah. a musical actor, <laughs> but I, I do appreciate it when they're done really well. So I was like, all right, I'll go see this movie. It's whatever. Um, I probably won't love it, but at least I'll see it because I feel like I should for the Oscars. And um, I saw it once and I was blown away and um, loved it so much more than I ever thought I would. And then I continued to see it three more times in theaters um, by the Blu-ray the uh, minute I could and have watched it. You probably. really did. I remember you left lunch one day. Oh, no, I like, left school. I'm going to go. I'm going to go get it. I left right from school the day it released to go buy it and went bought it, What took it home and watched it and all the bonus features on the uh, on the film. So I've seen the movie probably a good dozen times, maybe a few more, and um, <laughs> seen it with audio commentary. And I've watched all the. Bonus it's not features. sad, you guys. It's, it's not, not sad. sad. It's actually really it's just sad. Great. <laughs> um, it's 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 great, but also I ha- I have no life. Oh, it's fine. It's it's also just a really good movie. It's a great movie, as we all get into. Right. Um, yeah. Real quick, talk about Damien Chazelle. What were you guys' past experience with his movies, if any? Uh, I didn't get to see Whiplash, although okay. I've heard good things about yeah, that. I did I not see Whiplash either. Well, then maybe we should do that at some point, because Whiplash is a great, great film with a good. great performance by someone who I didn't mention in my plot summary, J.K. Simmons, 
who has a brief role in this movie. Is it? Yeah, yes, he does. Yes. I forgot oh, about that. Is Whiplash about the villain from Iron Man? Yes. yes, yes, it is yeah. about, okay. it's Great. actually about, um, I'm very glad. Uh, Mickey Rourke coming back, reprising his role in the MCU, and Great. playing a, uh, angry, uh, angry, uh, music teacher. Why did, college. I was gonna yeah. say, why did he, of all things, why, why whips? He had so many things that he could uh, use Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure we're gonna talk about, uh, <laughs> when sure we get to talk the about MCU, Iron Man 2. By the time we get through all the MCU movies. No, but I'm Iron sure. Man 2 is the third one, so it's like right there. Right. I mean, so we'll get to talk I mean, about it like right away. You know, I mean, we get to like Spider-Man, Infinity War, whatever, but I mean, as long as we get to Iron Man 2, that's like that's, yeah. the, that's my priority. the keystone. I think I have it MCU. sitting over there in the yeah, movie shop. Thank is, God. That's the, uh, the hallmark of the MCU. I, just, but, I, saw, um, I saw Spider-Man Homecoming last night. It was, it was great. really great. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we will talk about that. Yeah, we're getting yes, kind of... We're getting off track. But, um... But yes, Whiplash uh, was the movie that I saw Chazelle first do, even though he had a very small budget movie before that. Um, and that's really what brought him onto the scene. I believe he got an Oscar nomination, not for directing, but for writing. And then that was really uh, the movie that he had to do to prove to studios that he could do this movie. This was the movie that he's wanted to do for about a decade and um, was only able to get financing for after Whiplash was a success. Yay. So I think that's enough intro. I think let's just get started to uh, run through the uh, the movie. The, let's do it. The movie starts on a freeway. All um, right. I really yes. wanted to talk about this opening number. Yes. It's really interesting. As dude. far as opening numbers go, as uh, as an actor in theater, Logan, I'm sure you can agree, mm. it's a great opening number. And me, because I have a lot of experience. Just, you've seen so many musicals. I've seen us. like ten musicals. Great. Just musicals. I was going to say, I've seen great musicals the best. <laughs> in the past four years, I've been in more musicals than you've seen. That's probably true. <laughs> That's probably true. Anyway. All right. So, uh, the opening number is really great. As, like, we were talking about earlier, they... They uh, shut down... They shut down a, a freeway it, to it wasn't. It. it was an easy pass freeway, so it wasn't, like, a main freeway. Right. But it was still, still an L.A. freeway. They, they that shut they down, down an L.A. Notes. freeway to film this number, which is crazy. It's it's really awesome. Um, it's just an introduction to the setting. Like, it's not You yet. don't meet any of these characters later, yes, but they have such a story behind them. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Especially, like, if you look at the lyrics, I mean, you can pull... We actually have the score yeah. sitting right here. If you want to look at the opening number... And just how much thought went into this, into all of the different people that are coming to L.A. It's you don't even really get to see the two main players in the no, show. You don't. Un- you don't. You don't see them you until see them the song is over. Until the song's over. Yeah. But like you get all of this like great like it's exposition, but it's done in a really great way. Which if you can do that in a show well, it really works. It doesn't introduce you to the characters per se, but it introduces you to their conflict mm-hmm. in a way that is that is both uh, entertaining and also kind of disorienting the first time you see it, because right. you're like, what am I watching? Like, what is happening? Like, the here? first time I saw this... Where's uh, Ryan Gosling? Yeah, the first time I saw this, I'm like, I'm sitting there watching this song, and I'm like, okay, this is a good song, and this is a beautiful tracking shot, but what is the point of this? And you don't really understand, at least I didn't understand the point of it until I saw it a second time. Oh no, it's awesome. But it's, it's, it's fantastic. And as far as musicals go, there aren't there aren't a horrible amount of musicals that won't in- introduce both main players. Like, even Annie Get Your Gun, they don't introduce Annie right at first. And having played Frank Butler, I know this better than anyone, um, they, like, I was in the opening number as Frank, and so were all the other characters, even though they didn't introduce her. But this is such a rare occurrence 
that they don't... I mean, it happens, of course, or at least the main character shows up at the end of the opening number. Mm -hmm. Something along those lines. It's such a rare occurrence for it to work this well when you just have all of the... like. It's very rare that you get an opening number with random players that have no actual presence plot, plot in relevance. right that don't come yeah. back at all in the and rest of the especially movie. getting so much backstory from some of those characters the the woman at the beginning mm -hmm. um, who and I can't refer to her I can't refer to her by her character name because she doesn't yeah, have one there is no character um, but we get this whole story about how she she left her boyfriend and they were both seventeen but she was just you know she wanted to follow her dream and come to L A mm -hmm. and we don't like that doesn't come back at all nope. we and we never we don't see her again um and we don't like we don't know who the guy was but it's still it still just adds to the the their greater conflict um with mm -hmm. following your dream and what you can compromise and, and about that and even beyond music in this scene it is shot so beautifully oh, with this man. one tracking yeah. shot um the whole I believe the whole scene is one tracking shot, and mm -hmm. also, beyond that, just having beautiful uh, camera movement, the colors in this opening scene. If this ever comes for, to the stage, I can't imagine how they're going to do this. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do it, because, I mean, I don't know even know how you recreate the ending of this movie when we'll get there, but sure. I feel like this movie is so stylized with the camera that it's going to be hard for them to adapt it. Mm -hmm. But this camera, I like... Uh, this one for best no did it win for best cinematography? I know it was at least nominated. I but, will look um, it up. Yeah, I know it was either that or Arrival that won for best cinematography. I believe La La Land won for best cinematography. <laughs> We've done so much research. <laughs> yeah, um, it's been a while since the Oscars, but um, also this one best picture for five seconds. Right. But um, <laughs> for five seconds. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> we'll talk. I guess we'll talk about that in the wrap up because that was depressing. Oh, but um, can't yes, you wait until we do Moonlight? <laughs> yes, I, I do enjoy um, Moonlight. It did win Best Cinematography okay. as well as it won seven Oscars, I believe, six maybe. But it was not. It was tied for the most nominations yeah, ever. Sure. But um, it's a lot. But yeah, no. This opening scene really is, it is great, and it gives us uh, another day of sun. It really does, especially with like. The way that you're talking about just everything that it shows, it plays really well to the idea of another day of sun. Mm -hmm. And like, even the lyrics kind of seem like a little bit depressing in some yeah. parts, where it's just like, "I left my boyfriend. I'm mm -hmm. running out of money." Like, but it doesn't matter because I'm here. Yeah. And I feel Doing like that's really now. like the the typical LA vibe, and really what mm -hmm. they were going for in this movie, especially um, when it comes to the idea of life and aspirations and mm -hmm. how they conflict. Um, which is the main theme of the movie. Right. Yeah. Which I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. in a bit. But, you know, I have an entire, like, monologue that I wrote down about that. But, um, so, so yeah, I think, unless you guys have any other thoughts on the opening number, we move on. No, it's great. Let's move on. All right. Yeah, so. I think the, I think the music is great. The production is great. The cinematography. It's, it's just, awesome. and I think that's a lot of what we're going to see in the rest of the movie, too. Like, it's a great movie, but then there's also great music. So either one standing alone would be just amazing, but... Putting, together. putting them together is twice of that. Putting it together. Alright, so as soon as the song is over, we pan down to Mia uh, rehearsing in her car. Mm -hmm. Emma Stone. Uh, Emma Stone. Good Emma Stone's Emma. Mia um, uh, going into her car. And uh, Ryan Gosling um, getting very mad at her and driving past, flipping her off. And um, It's a great introduction. Great introduction to Ryan Gosling's <laughs> character. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you see... Uh, 
Ryan Gosling filming around with his uh, cassette player in his car and listening to jazz, and you see Mia getting ready for an audition. Um, so you get introduced to both characters and what they want pretty quickly, um, right after the end of their number. Mm-hmm. And after Ryan Gosling flips her off and drives by, we don't see him for another 15 minutes. Basically. Yeah. I think the beginning of the movie is really interesting, and that's something that I forgot about the first time. But we see, we see Mia's story, um, and then cuts. we see, right, and then we see Sebastian's story, and we only get, we only get, um... Uh, a combination of those, um, chronologically speaking, in the movie, once they once they meet, once mm-hmm. their paths intersect, kind of. Yeah, sure. Um, At the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I do have to ask Logan: Do you ever do you ever feel like Sebastian being the piano genius that you are? I should mention also that Logan, all of the music that we use in the show, Logan composes himself. Yes. So, do you ever feel like Sebastian? <laughs> um, not. Are you forced to play Jingle Bells really. when you want to play free jazz? <laughs> no, I feel no, like I mean, that doesn't happen a lot. But um, all the stuff that Wilson says you play in chorus. Well, but, you know, yeah. there's that. Um, okay, but um, anyway, but yeah, back to the uh, to the movie. To the movie. To I don't know. Movie. I just, I just thought about. It. Yeah, but um, so yeah, I, I will say I can't play all of the all of the music in this movie. Some of it is very, I'm very sure high level. Very, the, uh, it's very impressive that. Um, Ryan Gosling, like he he hadn't played piano mm-hmm. uh-huh. before, yep. um, so he just kind of learned this stuff. He and learned the, all the, the songs, performance yeah. is incredible. How do you and it's him playing all the scenes? How yeah. do you? I was gonna say, how do you just get on that piano ground? I don't know. I like to learn how to play piano like that, just like yeah. in the course yeah. of filming a movie. <laughs> Me too. Really? Well, I feel like the uh, the end of me and Sebastian scene when he's going just crazy on the piano would probably be like take months to learn how to do that. Right, I'm sure. And. Um, but we follow Mia, and we follow Mia to her role as barista at the WB coffee shop. Just looks dope. Uh, in which she gets coffee smashed onto her, and she has to go to the audition covered in coffee. Uh, what did you guys think of this opening scene with Mia? So, going to auditions uh, in real life, I know it's a nightmare. Uh, especially, like, when you have a big audition like this, I know... That everyone worries about something like that happening, so I was, I was shocked and appalled. <laughs> yeah, it immediately gets you on her side. I was like, no, because I can imagine uh, my reaction if that happened to me. <laughs> and and then beyond that, once she's actually in the audition, um, she gets interrupted right in the middle of a what looks like a great performance mm-hmm. by um, someone running the sandwich. So that, uh, that that happens too sometimes in life. It doesn't happen often, because a lot of the times casting directors will respect your time. But sometimes, like, if they're having you read something for a second time, they'll just be like, alright, thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and then, like, you can't just go off of that. It's mm-hmm. normally just, like, a timing thing. Like, because I've, that's happened to me, and then I've been called back for roles. Like, mm-hmm. to do it again. Yeah. So it's like, they're just like, ah, oh, we gotta move on to the next person, we'll quit. So it's not always a bad thing if that happens, but it does happen. Logan, any thoughts on the opening audition scene? I thought it was really kind of symbolic of um, her position. Um, like, she's re- just really trying her best, and people just kind of, like, sit back, and, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're wasting my time. Um, they kind of laugh at her a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she's just... I, I love the shot where she's just walking through the hallway with the other women, mm-hmm. the other just Caucasian like women... Right, yeah. who are wearing the, who are dressed the same way, they have their white shirts. Except they don't have coffee down the front. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, I just really like that. Like, she seems so, um, 
you know, individual and she seems unique when she's in the room and giving this great performance. Um, but can you pull her out of that? Yeah, and there's a hundred other women like yep. her. Yeah. Um, I also this is a little bit of a tangent, but I just Go I just want to say it before I um, forget it. Sure. In that scene, Emma Stone has a really hard job because she's playing an actress who's acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she has to she has to a act like her character Mia, who is a pretty good actress, but mm-hmm. still not a great one. Right. Um, she'll so get there. so she has to have some of the character of Mia shine through, but also whatever this character is that she's playing. Sure. Um, so that's, a, that's a really tough balance to strike. Yeah. She is an actress well, playing an actress that is acting. Yes. <laughs> wow. It's too meta for me. Yeah, it's that's not. that's really far in. <laughs> but um, happens a lot. But then you uh, after the uh, flopped audition, she goes back to her apartment with her um, nameless roommates. I think. They, um, the, the, do they have names? Is I'm, that uh, because I'm they're sure like, they have names? Oh, look it up. Basically, to me, they're just the Heathers. Yeah, they're basically the Heathers. Like, have you, they're wearing the same colors as the Heathers. Like the brunette has the most personality, and she comes back in another scene, and she actually has like one a of them point. English. One of them is English. The yeah. the the brunette who is not English. Wasn't Emma is, Watson supposed to be in that? Wasn't that? No, Emma Watson was supposed to. Okay, I guess I can go into this right now. All right, let's do it. Um, Emma Watson was supposed to be Mia. Oh, okay. Um, the original cast after, um, the original casting after Whiplash was made, and, um, this movie was greenlit, it was going to be Miles Teller and, um, Emma Watson, but, um... And we're like, but Ryan Gosling, though. No, but actually what happened was Emma, Emma Watson was offered Beauty and the Beast, and oh, she sure, chose sure. to do Beauty and the Beast instead, and then Miles Teller dropped out to do, I believe, War Dogs was the movie he dropped out for, um... And then they recast, and honestly, I think this movie is much better with... It's probably better probably for much better, it. Because uh, yeah. Emma Watson is an okay actress, but I think Emma Stone... I don't think Emma Watson would have won Best Actress from this movie. From this movie, probably not. No. And but I, I, I think, don't think I Miles think she would have brought some better singing to the table. See, I don't think so. I say, honestly think I, Emma Stone's performance, singing-wise, in this movie is as good as really? Emma the, Watson's performance in Beauty and the Beast. The thing about this score is it's not trying to be... A super Broadway stylized. Yes, I it's noticed that too. It's, it's it um especially for Ryan Gosling, it hangs very right. low in the range. Well, exactly. because you have to stay with because these are actors, not uh, singers. Right. First of all, so yeah. you have to play to that. Because it's not. It's not even that though. It's like just the fact that this is very much a film with music in mm-hmm. it. Very much how there are plays with music in mm-hmm. them, and that. Could uh, are still technically dubbed musicals, mm-hmm. just as this film is, yeah. but it's not really, and it's not trying to be. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to be its own sort of thing that just flows really well with everything else. Yeah, this really isn't very flashy music. It doesn't give the singers um, a lot of like big moments, except or, for like, the high end. notes. Yeah. Well, well, there's one big moment right. at the end with music. Well, yeah, for the for the singers though, yeah. it's really just. Right. Um, it, it's. Yeah. It's a movie that uses music to get across uh, points that it can't. Exactly. Dialogue. Yeah. But in no way is it just a a vehicle, a vessel for these performances, Mm -hmm. like these amazing singers, because they're not amazing singers. Um, And and I think that's part of the realism of it. Yes. I think that uh, the difference between screen and stage is because the stage is such a raw environment in the fact that 
moments just happen naturally. It, on the screen, it's very much has to be manufactured. There is very calculated. There's a post-production right. process in film, and there's not in Broadway. Well, obviously. So. But that's why so many Broadway musicals fail when they come mm-hmm. to the screen. Like, I can watch... like. I can watch any mu- uh, musical that was made into a movie, like Phantom of the Opera or Les Miserables, and then watch the Broadway version will be like, well, this is so much more realistic. I mean, it's so much mm-hmm. more raw. And that's why this film wasn't trying to do that. It wasn't trying to make itself into something that it knew it couldn't be. Mm-hmm. So, And I think that's why it worked so well. Well, and I think what why I gravitate towards this, this musical and why I love Les Mis so much, too, is because... Um, I ru- what the musicals I rub up against are when it's music first, story second, and I feel like I get less and less involved in musicals when I'm not involved in the story. Well, the so, purpose of music in a musical should be to move the story forward. And I mean, it, we, as actors, we sing when we can no longer express how we feel through words. Mm-hmm. So but when words fail. Yeah. Passive and ball. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. But, um, I did. So. Well, I'm not the musical person. You're out of the loop. I, I am out of the loop. High five. But, um... <laughs> no, but, like, this this and Les Mis and other really great musicals, um, they, they use the music to get across the story, but never compromise the story for the music. Sure. Which is, sure, sure, sure. Which is what this movie does constantly, and, um, which is why I love it so much. Yeah, it's great. Um, so then we get into, actually, I think my favorite musical, actually just song in the movie, um, Someone in the Crowd. Yes, uh, the roommates do have names there. Tracy, Alexis, and Caitlin, I believe. I don't believe those are ever, I don't think those names are ever said in the film. That's nice. They are credited, though. Sure. Um, not just roommate one, roommate two, and English roommate. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Blonde roommate, brunette roommate, and English brunette English brunette, uh, brunette roommate. It's nice that they they have some diversity there. <laughs> yes, um, but I thought this was a this is another really beautifully shot scene um, with a really good song yeah. uh, awesome. that transitions from the uh, the apartment to the party, um, and we get to at the party we get to my favorite uh, shot of the movie. Mm-hmm. I love when she goes into the bathroom, and um, she's sitting in the mirror, and then she walks out of the. Uh, the bathroom and everything is just slowed down and everyone's going slow like in slow motion and she's going full speed and then the as the um, the music is like really low in the background and starts to build and just the way the camera goes from in front of her and switches behind her um, and shows all the fake snow falling outside and everyone going slow and the music ramping up if that I guarantee that's the scene that won this movie Best Cinematography because that is one of is, yeah. my favorite shots in any film I've ever it's seen. Great. Yep, yeah, the shot from the pool where it's mm-hmm. just yeah spinning. Well, before, awesome. Right before that, when when the snow is coming down and she's walking out to the pool, and also that part too is great. But I just that singular shot is incredible. Yeah, yeah. everything just looks so pretty in this movie. It's, it's <laughs> so. Chazelle yeah. is such a meticulous filmmaker that he didn't waste a single area of a shot. He really didn't. I mean, everything is either colorful or has a point. Uh, almost Tarantino-like with voice crack. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what, um, yeah, no, this is this was something that I noted um, this most recent time around. Um, at times, at times they had this like bright, colorful lighting and set pieces and um, costuming 
the costumes mm-hmm. and great. Oh, they were great. Obviously yeah. great too. Awesome. Um, and then at other times, sort of when um, I think when Ryan Gosling's in the studio and a lot of what we see in Mia's dressing room and in her her set when she's doing her one woman show. Mm-hmm. Um, it, a lot of that is very dark and kind of grayscale um, and just not really that vibrant and I think that speaks to what a lot of the movie is about. Sure. Um, you know, just like, maybe having to give up your dreams mm-hmm. and it might not be as good but like that's the real world so get with yeah. it. Well, I love how the use of color, the colors are so bright when they meet each other and they're first um, falling for each other. Sure. And then once, slowly, once they start growing apart, as we'll talk about, the color scheme gets duller and duller and duller. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously that was the uh, purpose. But um, right after the party, we get to the, uh, we get to me and Sebastian's theme uh, as she's nice. walking down the, uh, the road there and she... She comes upon the restaurant with uh, Sebastian. Which, and I'm now realizing they put that um, before someone in the crowd in this book. Oh, that's, that's Wrong! That is incorrect in the <laughs> Wrong! Wrong! Wrong. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we get, we get the introduction of the, uh, of the main theme of the movie, which is um, excellent. I love this movie. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I don't know piano music that well, but that it's is... so good. It is... <laughs> it is a masterpiece. It is a, really? a great song. It's so simple, like this, like the main part of it is just, what, like six or seven notes um, that repeat itself, and then it gets more complicated, but... Um, yeah, but, I yeah. love this song. <laughs> what? No, I was going to say, yeah, it does get more complicated. It does get a lot more complicated. <laughs> a little bit. The main part that comes throughout the movie is just like six or seven notes. Sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah, it was my tongue for a while. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then we cut to Sebastian. Yes. With uh, Samba Tapas. Yes. At the uh, the Van Beek. And um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I didn't until Damien Chazelle pointed it out on the audio commentary. Um, when he is driving and getting his coffee, he is wearing a brown shirt. And when he gets home, um, and his sister is in his apartment, he is wearing a blue shirt. And then when it cuts again back to him playing piano, he is back in a brown shirt. Huh. But um, the reason for this is that scene with his sister was initially going to be after he met Mia. And Chazelle didn't like the way that it fit in with the plot, so he cut it in the middle. Interesting. In the middle of uh, Sebastian's uh, little one-day thing before they meet each other again. Um, so uh, Sebastian he wants to open up his own jazz club. Chicken on a stick. Chicken on a stick. It's a great. I remember for, I was using La La Land to, propose to someone this mm-hmm. year. Uh, she said yes. By the way, just in case you were wondering, and yeah. we were brainstorming. And Floyd, you said that I should say, "Will you be my chicken on a stick?" Yeah, that's after I said it, I realized that it probably doesn't <laughs> sound quite like. <laughs> so I didn't use that. Mm-hmm. I did say. Um, what did I say? I said something like something about another day. Probably. No, I said. In the crowd. Uh, I said in the crowd. Uh, it would be a waste of a lovely night not to go with you to prom. So we you might someone in the crowd or something like that. Yes. Um, it was cool. I liked it. It was, it was cheesy, great. But it was, it was cheesy. It worked. Cheesy but cool. Cheesy but cool. Best one time. But uh, I did not use chicken on a stick. So if you would like to use that for your proposal, um, um, yes. As long as you uh, tag us. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. Post it. Post it post to our it. Facebook page on yeah. Stop Wait What's Facebook page. And um. I don't know if we mentioned this in the last episode, but you can follow us on Twitter at CinemaTalkPod. 
Yay! Oh. And then on. Oh, is that is that up now? Yes, that that's up? been up actually since. Sick. That's been up actually since about February, March, oh when I first approached oh, you guys. Well, about. All right, all right. and then you can also follow us on Instagram on the Stop Wait What account. Stop which Wait What. Is also up. Uh, Stop Wait What on Facebook and Instagram, Instagram. and Cinema Talk on, on Twitter. Because um, we're just branches of the same group of people, which we so haven't whatever. given an overall name to yet. <laughs> well, actually, uh, it's just we'll us three, and then some of our other friends will be in Stop Wait What eventually, eventually. when we get them all together. Hopefully, to film comedy podcasts. Maybe we'll see. Maybe Saturday. Maybe. Um, but um, yeah. Here we're introduced to uh, Seb, who I can relate to a lot, being obsessive about a certain topic. For him, it's jazz, and for me, it's movies. But sure. Uh, I love this opening scene with his sister. Yeah, uh, his sister who we never see again. She's again, no, we, so we do I, see again. We do. We do. The uh, Later in the movie when he is playing um, just piano at a in a courtyard, it is actually his sister's wedding. That's right. Yes, yes, wow. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I did not pick up on that. I didn't either until the fourth time I saw it in theater and someone behind me went, oh, that's his sister's wedding. I was like... <laughs> Oh, did you just think it was a random wedding? I thought I thought I knew it was, was a playing, sister's wedding. I, thought, I no, I did not pick up on it the first few mm. times I saw it. Oh, yeah, no, I. All right, well, I had no idea. So um, <laughs> someone put together that. But, oh, that redhead's the same redhead as the beginning. Interesting. Um, yeah, but I mean, she still doesn't have any lines. No, so she doesn't it's have any kind lines. of. Yeah, this is kind of just it. like character. It's just basically, it uses her scene. And, yeah, he right. uses her to <clears> set up Seb. Ah, uh, yeah, basically, and um. From from Seb working on that piano, we are then shown how he is reduced to playing Jingle Bells by a salty yes. J.K. Simmons in a restaurant. Yeah, I love how we go awesome. right from seeing him, um, like play this, this uh, this record, this mm-hmm. pi- whatever this piano record is. Um, he just kind of plays it by ear, and then we see him just playing these just Christmas carols, very basic arrangements. I love how he goes, he, how he sits down at the piano, he looks like he's about to play like a really like, really complicated piece and then he just gets, puts that fake smile and just starts playing yeah. Yeah. Uh, We Wish You a Merry Christmas or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> but there's, an, there's a funny fan theory, um, that I guess this is somewhat of a spoiler for Whiplash, that um, J.K. Simmons' character in this movie is the same <laughs> character as in Whiplash, because I, I guess I'll say this, and wh- spoiler alert for Whiplash if you haven't seen it, just skip like 10 seconds, um, at the end, uh, J.K. Simmons is no longer teaching jazz, and there's a fan theory that he got salty, moved out to L.A., and now hates jazz, um, wow. which would be uh, hysterical, but uh, J.K. Simmons, even though um, he's only in here for a little bit, gives a pretty good performance as the uh, restaurant manager mm, slash owner. Pretty funny. His, his character in this is named Bill. Bill? Um, in case you were wondering. What's, what was the character's name in Whiplash? I, I don't know. Um, oh, no, it was... Um, ah, crap. I, Fletcher. Fletcher. Fletcher, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> that's... I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by them... Maybe it's a Like, giving, giving characters um, names who... Like, that they don't... That you'd never hear in the movie. Yeah. Well, like they just they just credit him as Bill, even though he's just I mean, the waiter who says play this. Sure. This I mean, yeah. plenty of people do that. Like, yeah, it happens. When we did yeah. newsies, they're like, they they're just like the newsies all have mm-hmm. names. Yeah, like right. every newsie on stage had a name, but yeah. like you just don't. Hear you it. wouldn't know it. Like yeah. I I couldn't tell I couldn't tell you that my friend Michael was Ike or that mm-hmm. my friend Ross was JoJo. Like you would never know that. Yeah, I feel but. like I feel like they do it a lot more though in this movie, and I think that's partially because um, they. 
Like, in, in real life... Mm-hmm. Okay. In most movies, they would have someone say... Like, oh, address hey, each character by yeah. names. Like, yeah, right. Hi, That's true. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Caitlin. Um, hi... <laughs> and people just like... Alexis but, was but, the other one. But so this movie isn't, isn't about those people. Right, it's so not it about that. It's very interesting it's how not... it makes it seem like a two-person show. It right. really it yeah. really is with a little bit of a supporting role from John Legend. With John Legend. Yeah. Is there... Because you need that other musical yeah. celebrity yes. yeah. to well, pull people in, and that character, when we get to it, is isn't is really important yes. um, to the the relationship. This is um, correct of the two, and then uh, after he gets fired for playing that amazing uh, free song, free jazz song, it's, so uh, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> he uh, basically just side bumps uh, Emma Stone's character as uh, just, I'm out. as he walks out of the club, you got me or fired. the restaurant, and. Um, yeah, so then from there we, uh, I guess we'll skip to the uh, the party. Let's get a party. He Sorry. is rocking out with the '80s cover band. Yes, um, we're uh, we're recording this at like ten forty two a.m. So yeah, if you I hear just us, up. yeah, if you hear us <laughs> yawning, that's why. Yeah, I'm um, still drinking coffee, but um, I say, I'm gonna French press after this. But yeah, we get to uh, editing. <laughs> French press while editing. Yeah. Um, we get to um. We get to the party, and we get to uh, it's Iran. A less dope party than the first one. I actually think that it seems like a more fun party. It's a pool party. Really? Like a pool party. I mean, the other one was a pool party. Yeah, but people were in like, the pool except for in their full suits. Well, yeah, but I want to I wanna jump in a pool in a full suit. <laughs> fair. That's yeah. a fair point. But um, I mean, I do too, but I don't want to have to deal with um, drying the suit. Drying yeah. the suit out? Drying the suit I guess like, you could rent it and just be like, oh, it got wet. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, a month ago, I almost did jump into a pool in a suit, but I decided against it. What? So, That's probably a smart a, Yeah, at a pool party, I decided I decided against it. I decided to change out of the suit, considering I had to go back to the, to the like... wedding with the suit. So, <laughs> so Were you just like, like in La La Land? Yeah, and then just I was like, like oh, wait, yeah, no, I'm like, taking oh, out of my suit. <laughs> like La um, but Jeez, we, what were we even? We were talking about the party, the party. where, um, right, where yes, uh, Emma Stone wants to play a serious fighter fighter, uh, firefighter. Um after Seb says that he's a serious musician. Um, uh. And we get really the first uh, the first scene of them together, interchanging dialogue. And, um, <laughs> to, I love, I guess we'll talk about this now, I love Gosling and Stone's chemistry oh, yeah, uh, that's awesome. on screen. They just, the way they go back and forth with this dialogue is tremendous. Mm-hmm. And um, so then we cut to uh, her leaving, and... Um, Getting oh, her keys from the Prius. Something I want to note before we get too far is that the first time that they see each other is in winter, um, around Christmas time, mm-hmm. you can presume, and then this party scene is spring. Uh, spring. Yes. The first time yeah. they see each other, see each other, that isn't just him flipping her off on the... Or, it's, the same day. it's the same day. It's the same day. It is the same, same day. Same the day. restaurant and the freeway is the same day. Okay. Um, right, I guess. It but yeah, I like that there's space in between. I, I mean, I think that's realistic. Um, it is realistic. You just because we were talking about newsies a little bit. Um, newsies. And just because that's just that's kind of fresh in my mind, I'll use that as an example. Sure. And I'm sure it happens other places too. But um, Jack sees Catherine like that's the true. morning of the one day, the and then first... sees her at night, and then because she comes her, to like, Meta's show. Very, right, he sees her very 
like briefly after, and they're like, "It must be fate." It's like um, twice in one day. I think it's yeah, and there's there's a really cute line that I feel like it might be a, a nod to that that's in in La La Land, where um, one of the characters says, "You know, we." Um, this is like two times, you we know. Keep running and, into each other. Right, we keep running into each other. Like maybe it's meant to be. And oh yeah, like, that's, no, I don't think so. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, Ryan Gosling says that when they're about to do a lovely night. He's like, you know, we keep running into each other. It must be fate. And she's like, no, I don't think so. He's like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, no. Um, um, yes, but some very, um, some very witty back and forths in this song. Um, they keep it conversational for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um. Which also is shot beautifully. I love this, this song. Yes. Yeah. Also, it's a great song. Is it one shot. shot. Uh, great scene. Uh, I don't know if it's one shot. Most of it. Most of it is one shot, but the uh, the sunset in the background mixed with the, sure. uh, the I song mean, and the dancing. It's like the dancing is fairly decent for and like it goes back to this not trying to be like a Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a film with uh, music in it uh, in it and yeah. just aspects of that. And when you can't when you have music, you dance. And the the dancing, even though it's not overly complicated, is really I think well done. It's simple and it's nice, and they're not tappers. You can tell that they're not tappers, but like, it's good. Yeah, it's nice. I like the little like soft uh, shoers. The little uh, <laughs> scene of her taking off her heels and pulling the tap shoes out of her purse. Yeah, <laughs> randomly having tap, tap shoes. shoes. Well, I mean, I have my tap shoes in the back seat of my car. Yeah, so. yeah. and then um, the Prius joke was very funny. But um yeah. yeah this is this is a really great song I think I do really like the song it's awesome yeah. I would like performing this with someone would be awesome yeah and it's a little low for me but you know <laughs> <laughs> and it it is for most singers I think I think it's it, Ryan Gosling's uh, vocal parts are incredibly low in yeah. this. like they're just very bass but at the same time he's not a bass he's not giving this like, strong like, thing it's down it, here it's his natural voice yeah. It's nice. Yeah, I think Gosling, in terms of singing, fr- coming from someone who isn't isn't a singer, I think he did a pretty good job. With he did well movie. for uh, for two people that generally I wouldn't peg as singers. They mm-hmm. did yeah. really well because they Definitely. weren't supposed to like. It's supposed to be an extension of their character, and their right. characters aren't singers. So, right. so, yeah, which works. Um, it does work. And then they leave that um, that area without exchanging information. Yes, and which is um, very weird. Which yeah, going back and seeing the movie again is kind of surprising. And um, the next time they see each other is when he breaks into the Warner Brothers lot. Can I get your number? But um, the back of your head look ridiculous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. Maybe the the funniest scene in the movie is when he uh, talks about how he hauled ass past the guard gate. Um, onto the Warner Brothers lot to get in. To I would see do here. that. Yeah, I would. Are you kidding me? I would break into the movie set. Yeah, um, yeah to meet Emma Stone. Yeah, to meet Emma Stone. I would. Awesome. I would break into the Warner Brothers lot to meet Emma Stone. Hey, might wanna, <laughs> we might want to cut that out because we might get um. <laughs> I might. I might get a restraining order. I, I was gonna say, Floyd, what are you planning? <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that either way. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone's listening, uh, any Warner Brothers or anyone. They're just like, hmm, better check out this movie podcast to make sure that... No one's talking Emma Stone. Yeah. No one's talking Emma Stone. But, um, so then this is really, this scene is really where they uh, get to know each other. Um, sure. Walking around the Warner Brothers lot, she talks about her aunt for the first time. Yeah. Which, and aunt. I love when they're walking in this scene, um, you hear the first 
hint of her audition song. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of in the background, and I didn't notice it the first time, because mm-hmm. of course I didn't know the song. Yeah, um, sure. But after listening to the music and just watching this movie recently... Um, Themes. <laughs> right, I heard it in the background, and I thought, that's really strange, because it's, it's not supposed to be the later, and of course I realized it's very intentional. Yeah, because of the ant. Yes. The, it's interesting how Audition is really... And that, that theme is really more about her aunt than Mia herself. Yeah, sure. And um, they do that really interestingly, and you get the sense that outside of the outside of what we see in the movie, um, her aunt is kind of a big part of her life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least was. Um, I would say her aunt is as big of a character as Keith, even though you never see him. Yeah, sure. I'd say so, because she. I mean, like if if she has a theme, she's probably important enough to Mia sure. that she would. Um, she has enough influence, right? That's how she envisions her. Um, and even though we don't see her and we hear about her fairly fairly few times, um, it's quite obvious how important it is. she is. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, because she is the inspiration for Mia wanting to become an actor. She says that in this yes. scene, and. Um, we also get uh, introduced to the lighthouse, which is going to be a setting a few times in this movie, um, mm-hmm. where he talks about jazz uh, for the first time. And but Mia says she hates, hates jazz. jazz. She hates elevator music, you know, come on, the stuff that people just play at cocktail parties. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it's almost like... Uh, I, I See, I understand when people say that, because uh, I understand... I disrespect your man. <laughs> I, under, I understand... Uh, Sebastian's frustration because like sometimes when I when I talk about movies and I talk about like Oscar movies around like people who don't follow movies well and they're like oh, I don't like those boring artsy movies and I'm like they're, they're the good ones they're the ones that actually right. ah, just get too angry when people say oh I love Transformers and I hate, ah! and I hate Moonlight and it's just like oh what are you talking about just say I I don't know yeah. if I want to sit through all the Transformers movies again. Oh, too. no. I, no I we're mean, never like, going to review those because I don't want to see them again. <laughs> I don't. I just I'm not seen, really I've seen the first four. I'm not going to watch if you're the here, for, I was going to say, if you're here for Transformers, you can leave now. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, well, I think... Should be our slogan. <laughs> I think that same thing is something that um, certainly Brendan and I run into as sure. performers. Like, people, you know, liking the basic stuff. Just and, like, you know, if it's too if it's too complicated or too artsy or whatever, uh, then they're, they're just, like. they're out. And certainly I, as a, um, a more, like, theoretical musician, kind of, I, I definitely see that a lot of people who are like, I just want it to be in C and 4-4 four, four time, mm-hmm. and I just want it to be, you know, no weird chords, but make just it four chords, and, right, but it's not really interesting that way. It's um, like the people that have literally seen, like, Wicked and Hamilton, and that's it. <laughs> and they're like, I love theater! It's like, you don't know what theater is! Don't get me wrong, I love Hamilton, I saw it, but it was great! And you just don't know what theater is. Yeah. I'm sorry. They're, did I tell you the story about the people who were... I'm gonna go off on a that's tangent. Fine. Go right. for it. When I was at D.R. Van Hansen, um, yes. a couple weeks ago, oh. and so... Logan Two days after before, I was. Before me, yeah. And so... I haven't seen it. It, it was I'd great. Like, I'd like to, I would like it to see awesome. it. It's awesome. You should rush to it's it. Good, it's good music. Like before I enjoy it. Yeah, yes. pretty much. Ben Platt, whose dad produced this movie. Really? Yeah, exactly. Mark Platt, yeah. yeah. I did not know that. My, okay. uh, my, when I did Les Mis, my eponine was, uh, when she was in high school, she was Fontaine and Ben Platt was her Jean Valjean. Whoa. That's dope. And so, 
Yeah. <laughs> that's still, see, that still somewhat relates to this movie because Pash can fall. So. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right, anyway, uh, my tangent, my, my musical tangent, uh, when I was sitting in Dear Evan Hansen, there were people who, like, these are the worst kind of people who, like, will go and see, like, really good Broadway shows and they just don't get it. <laughs> because there were these people, and after, like, when the lights came on on Ben Platt in that first scene... They were like, and everyone started screaming. They were like, I heard the guy behind me go, why is everyone yelling? And I was like, I'm going to stab you. (laughs) Why would you do that? And then also after waving through a window, he was like, wow, this is better than Hamilton already. And I was just like, I mean, okay, but like, you clearly don't understand theater. So there's so much different. Stop talking. Well, I feel like. I don't know, Logan, what you're going to school for, if you're going to school for music, but I know, Brendan, I'm sure you've experienced this, and I've experienced this too, um, when I, like, when I tell people I'm going to film school next year, which, uh... I'm going to musical school. He's going to musical <laughs> theater school, I'm sure you get it sometimes, where you get the people who, uh, just kind of look at you and be like, you're never gonna be successful. Oh, like, like oh, so you're gonna waste, you're yeah, gonna okay, waste your life on try. that. Yeah, okay, give it a try. Yeah, just, and then make sure you have a fallback plan, because that's, because you're right. not gonna work, because that's not gonna work out. And it's, it's frustrating... Uh, and I feel, uh, for Ryan Gosling's character in it, because I feel like, I know Brandon... And Emma Stone. And Emma Stone. Yeah, like, it's, I mean, yeah. Both of them are kind of forced into compromising what yeah. they really wanted to do. Yeah. Sure. And it's the people who look down upon them for wanting to follow their dreams, and I feel like that is such a, uh, a relatable... It happens it, so often. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very relatable, for at least for me, and I'm sure for you guys, too, that it really elevates this movie, sure. uh, in my mind. And, um... Right after that scene, uh, we get uh, the first City of Stars. Mm. Ooh, I love City of Stars. Which is uh, another also great mix of music and well-shot scenes. We get another uh, yes. Twilight scene. Um, and I think... <laughs> by, with a... I'd, I'd say a disappointing performance by really? Ryan Gosling. I, yeah. I've never had a problem with I mean, this. he's... Like, he's fine. He's not... I mean, he's, he's not bad. Like, I'm not saying I could do better or anything, but you put him next to uh, like anyone else who's ever <laughs> sung in a movie and he's just, he doesn't really measure up and he doesn't need to because, I mean, his character's not a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, there's just something about his voice that you can tell it's not um, it's not classical. It's not sure. It's not trained. It's He doesn't really do a whole lot of singing. Well, maybe even then, I... I can understand how maybe the performance isn't all that you wanted, but I've never really let that bother me because I I love the um, emotion and the um, the like the lyrics of this song, like of him yeah, see, feeling like great. he always screws up and he's like I don't want he's like is this another dream that I cannot make true? I love I love the lyrics by Bashkin Paul in this song. Sure, 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 sure. Um, and the point that it gets across, right? But um. So then after this, they, uh, we, yeah, we, uh, we're going really long on this podcast, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> this is um, going to be a long one. This is going to be a long one, uh, because there's a, there's a lot to talk about. And, That's um, okay, right? Yeah, it's fine. Right. Um, right. Heads on warning. Heads but, on warning. um, <laughs> after. So after the, we've already. This is where last we, uh, your drums out. yeah, You're welcome. last episode when Brendan destroyed your, your drums. Ah, uh, right, when I was talking about gravity. Yeah. <laughs> um. But we find out that uh, Mia has a boyfriend already, and um, we yes. get that yes. very, very interesting. a yeah. very, I think, a really well done scene of um, the her boyfriend and um, her boyfriend's brother 
eating dinner, mm -hmm. um, which I forget the actor's name, but they are both, um, Josh Pence, that's the guy, he was one of the Winklevite twins in the, uh, in, uh, the social network, I don't know if you guys have yes, seen that movie, um, but I love this scene with, uh, either her imagining it or the, uh, the theme coming up over the, uh, the loudspeaker in the restaurant and her realizing Mm -hmm. that she needs to go. Interesting, behind the scenes, actually right down that hallway, right near the speaker, was actually Justin Horowitz playing the song on a piano. Um, <laughs> and them just making it look like it was coming from the, from the speaker, so that way she would actually have something to react to. And um, I think this is one of uh, Emma Stone's best scenes, just face acting. Um, sure. Acting-wise, not really saying any words, but really conveying what she's thinking through her face. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we get. Um, I've I we talked a little bit before about how when we can't convey with words, um, we go to singing in, mm, yes. in theater, and um, in that scene, you get you kind of get the sense that she wants to sing, because, mm -hmm. um, but she can't really because mm -hmm. she's in the setting with her, you know, she I mean maybe his boyfriend, right? Yeah, her boyfriend who's maybe. Uh, doctor or a lawyer something or, yeah right he has some some high paying job some steady job and you kind of get the sense that he's not a lot of fun but um you know he's he always pays and sure uh he, he seems like a nice guy though yeah he, even though it's just not seems obviously right. what, yeah he's just not like wants. exciting and yeah um i don't know you kind of get the sense that he's sort of stifling um her as a person mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i yeah i like that scene just she she just does it all with her face. Mm -hmm. And then also another beautiful music swell as she uh, runs down the street. And, uh, right, she rushes out, the goes to the theater. Zah! Goes full Jurassic World and starts sprinting down the street in her heels. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll do that later. I can't wait to talk about that. I, I like that movie. I liked it. it was uh, cool. We'll talk about it when this new one comes out. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, then we get to the movie theater and really uh, the planetarium where the music the music and the movie really starts to gain momentum with the romance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any thoughts on this planetarium scene? Because I know a lot of people, when they see it, they kind of check out of the movie when he throws her up into the planetarium. I liked it. I thought, I it, thought was it was very beautiful. interesting. It, it's it's because it didn't actually happen. It's a metaphor right. for them, uh, for their relationship. But I know a lot of people, when, when I saw this with my family... Um, the second time I saw it, this is where a lot of, um, where two or three of the people in my family just checked out and said they didn't, they just like, kind of like, what? No. And they just kind of decided they didn't like the movie at this point, which I think I is, thought it was good. <laughs> which is disappointing because I thought it was really beautifully shot and it was, also it was, was very well done. It was, and then it was gorgeous. At the same time, it was, it served a point. Gorgeous. Some people just don't realize that. But, um... And then they eventually get to their first kiss, and, um, the summer montage. Yeah. And now they're a couple. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, in terms of music-wise... like, an hour to get to this point. I know, we're, <laughs> it's get, we're getting there, folks. It's gonna be a long one. Um, <laughs> we yeah, already spoiler said Spoiler alert, they get together. Wow. They get together, and, um, I guess we can skip the, uh, the montage of them. Just they, skip the montage. They, skip the montage. They float around in the sky for a little bit. It's pretty great. Yeah. They uh, they go on a lot of dates. They bond. They do um, some awesome stuff. They move in together. We don't see the roommates again now. Um, <laughs> but the roommates leave. And um, I miss English roommate. 
I know. Yeah, English great. roommate was great. I miss the Heathers. But, um... <laughs> so then, after they move in together, we get John Legend's character, Keith. And the Yay, movie starts Keith. to fall apart. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I love Gosling's um, reaction when Keith shows up. It's just like that, oh, crap. Um... Because he, I think he can tell that he knows that he's gonna have to take this job. Yo, I don't know. I don't know how he doesn't recognize that it's John Legend. He's just like, oh my god, John Legend, great to see you. Nice to see from high school or college or whatever. But um, how does no one pick up on that? I know. I I mean, the the mustache, like, and it's not that good a disguise. It's disguise. True. It's very. I'm pretending to be your college roommate, but that's a John Legend. (laughs) It's also John Legend. It's very interesting, though, when you think about, like, movies where it's, like, famous people who are, like, have such a influence on pop culture, and then, like, they're, but they have to play a different character, and it's, like, does John Legend exist? I was gonna say, is All of Me a song it, in, does that in exist? La La Land? Like, in Deadpool, world. where, like, he makes a reference to Ryan Reynolds, yeah. and he's just, like, you Ryan, Ryan Reynolds got by on yeah. looks, or whatever. And Hugh Jackman. Yeah, exactly, he references, it's in my phone, Jean Valjean. Yeah. Um, Same. But, uh... But yeah, so this is where we get to uh, start to see the relationship fall apart. That was fast. Um, and uh, so, what do you what do you guys think of Keith and the the Messengers, the band? Uh, good performance. Sure, 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 sure. I mean, for Legends' first acting performance, it's yeah. true. I mean, they're doing like as characters, they're just doing what they want to do. And I mean, like, what would they like? What would they be without their jobs? Yeah. <laughs> and this is sense. this is really where you start to get to the point in the movie where their careers start taking off. I was gonna say it's very much uh, aspirations versus love at mm-hmm. this point. Which this is this is the point is the where it's it gets to that point where they both yes. start to become well, actually, really, Seb starts to become successful, and Mia kind of stays. She's she's getting there. Put <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, well, of course, when you talk about the one woman show, yeah, she like she start she's starting to develop it. Right, but Which, then like it's also like it also seems like it's going downhill. It is going downhill. It's it's going good for Sebastian career wise, and it's starting to go downhill for Mia career wise. Right. Um, Which is always like the fear when you have like mm-hmm. a significant other also in the business is like, mm-hmm. what if their careers takes off and mine doesn't? Like, will I always yeah. be that person in the background? Well, just yeah, right. And the distance. That too. I mean, like because he's going distance to, is hard. <laughs> yeah, he's going all over the place um, for these shows. Sure. Of which she goes to one of them, and we get, um, I think, a pretty good song. A song that's purposely not great, mm-hmm. I think, um, because, and a purposely not the jazz that... Right, yeah, it's, it's, supposed, just, it's supposed to be different, um, right. and it's supposed to be poppy. kind of... Right, it's supposed to be poppy, it's supposed to be kind of basic. Um, it's supposed to be kind of... To sell stuff. Right, we're supposed to be kind of disappointed seeing, um, seeing Sebastian... Sacrificing his right. art for yeah. money. It, he sacrificing his art for money, but also at the same time, it's not a bad song. It's not like, a it's, bad it's, song. Yeah, it's a catchy it doesn't song. Doesn't really fall in line no, with the rest of the. It's, it's really movie. the song that sticks out as different in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for for a point. I yeah. saw on a YouTube playlist. This was before I bought the album. I was just listening to the music again, and it actually didn't have his song in it. Like really, of all things. Well, just, I mean, it it really doesn't fit with the rest of the movie, sure. and it's it's the only um. Like produce like produced song on the uh, on the soundtrack, and um, I mean it really like it really just feels like John Legend. Oh yeah, no, it's, into the movie. well John Legend I believe wrote the song. Well, right, so it was just like so hey. it was yeah like um, 
and they developed it with Hurwitz and Chazelle, and I think... Which is good. But yeah, I mean, which is good. I think uh, they were they said in the commentary that they wanted it to be a good song, but also not a great song, so <laughs> that you can tell Sebastian's conflict in it. And then we get to, uh, I would say, the the saddest scene in the movie, maybe just besides... Um, Besides the very end, um, where they get in the huge fight over dinner, yeah, and uh, right. I love I, I love the greens in this sh- in this shot. Yeah. Just the color palette. I what I really love is seeing the whole, just the whole scene start to finish. Um, there are very few cuts. There's the music in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, that that uh, Sebastian has put on for atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's a very it's a very nice touch. Um, I always like when there's something in the scene underscoring the scene rather than just, um, you know, a, a score that's on the Right. <laughs> like, and, um, and you, like, you can really feel like you're there. Um, sure. I just like, it's a very, it's a very, um, realistic conversation. Mm-hmm. They repeat things, they interrupt each other, they, you know, don't listen to some things. It's just... Yeah. I mean, like, things that, like, I just had a random thought about... Uh, I was watching Stranger Things, uh, and in the second episode, during, uh, this one part, they use, uh, spoilers for Stranger Things, also, I guess, skip, like, 15 seconds ahead if you don't want Ryan is plugging his ears! Me too. Uh, okay, so, when Will is, like, when Will's mom is trying to, like, contact him, it starts, his radio starts playing, should I stay or should I go? So, like, it's kind of just that whole thing, like, it really plays to the scene, especially, like, it makes sense in the context of the scene, which is really good. Come back! Okay, so, All right. um, I don't know where you're going with that, because I didn't hear what you said. Anyway, but, it's um, okay, uh, I'm done, I'm done with the Stranger Things. But, um, <laughs> there we go. So then we get to, uh, we get to Mia's play, the one-woman show. Yes, the one-woman yes. show. And one, this is actually pretty good. One person I shows- mean, we don't really see it. No, we see some parts of it. And we see like a, we see the very end of it. It just looks th- those don't really seem to work very well on Broadway. No, I, mean, I don't. I, I don't get why she had why she had it be a one woman show because there was obviously more characters than one, and I feel like acting like, wise, it'd probably be easier to play off of someone. Exactly, like it trying to do is. a one woman uh, like a one person show is like just trying to do a really really long monologue. Yeah, <laughs> it just seems kind of like. Well, you should have had at least, like, one other person on the show. Yeah. Like, gotten someone... I'm sure you could have gotten someone else on board with it, but maybe she just wanted to showcase herself. I mean, how... If so, just do, like, an actor showcase or something like that. Right. Like, how many people are gonna show up to an aspired actress's one-woman show in L.A.? Right. Apparently, like, 12. Yeah, like, (laughs) basically. Like, her roommates. I mean... Some janitor and a casting director for some reason. (laughs) In, like, NYC... If you do, like, a one-person show, you better have, like, either the support of, like, a producer or something like that, or you better already be famous. Yeah, like, Louis C.K. does one-person right. show, and he's right. obviously very well-established. Really? Yeah. But, um... Yeah, no, I I feel like it was more of just a metaphor of, like, her solitude and how it's just... It's a tough business, and, like, she feels just kind of alone. And it's supposed... It's realistic that no one showed up. Like, no one was going to show up. And um, even the fact that a casting director showed up, as we'll find out later, might be a little unrealistic, but um, especially because she's not really an established actress at all. But um, The only, like, 
There are very few one-person shows that I've actually heard of that are successful. Yeah. The main one that I think of would be, like, I Am My Own Wife, um, which is great. And, I mean, you can perform it on a small stage. I saw someone was doing it at, like, Syracuse Mm -hmm. University, like, when I went and toured there. But um, it's hard. It's definitely hard. Especially, like, even two-person shows, like, if or, or three, like... You look at, like, Tick, Tick, Boom, it's, like, a musical, and it's really good. It's really good, don't get me wrong, but, like, it's really hard to do. So, especially just because everyone in the show needs to be, like, stellar. Oh, yeah. Like, when you do, like, a three-person show, you need to have, like, a really good cast. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, to some extent, this movie is a a three-person show. show. Really, almost a two. It's almost a two-person show, because John Legend isn't that important. Mm -hmm. He sings one song, and his character is more important story-wise than actually, like, performance-wise. Sure. Um... Then we get, we get the photo shoot, which is I think a great scene. Yeah, and great. um, and then also uh, where she decides black and red keyboard. Yes, it's pretty cool. With the uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a sick scene. And then um, I think we should probably get to the point now where uh, he goes up. She leaves L.A. and then he goes up and uh, convinces her to uh, come back for the audition. Yes. Which is, is some good scenes, but not really anything to talk about, I don't think. It's just so many car jokes. Yeah, lots like of car with, jokes. Lots of car jokes with that vintage. And uh, I, I do enjoy when he starts to pull away, and then she's uh, she's there with the coffees. But that, yeah. besides that, uh, it's a cute moment. really, the scene in the movie, mm-hmm. the, the scene that won Emma Stone, her best actress, is the audition scene. Yes, the audition. Yeah, this is really good. Um, Fools who dream. The... Uh, the lyrics, like, we keep going back to in this song, um, tell you so much about Mia and also about her aunt. And the first time I saw this movie when she, uh, it's just such a passing line, but it's so important that her aunt died. Mm-hmm. And that really probably motivated her to move out to L.A. in the first place and gives you so much more character motivation through this song. And Emma Stone's performance, whether or not you think she's a great singer, her performance in this scene is incredible. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just regardless of anything else, the performance um, of the emotion that we get is incredible. Um, even if even if the the singing, even if she's not a classical classically trained singer, um, it really, yeah, it really is about the emotion of the scene. Yeah, good. it really is, and she pulls off that emotion well. Like she yep. does superbly. She I does. love the um, <clears throat> excuse me. I love how she just kind of talks into it and then gradually starts singing mm-hmm. um, the score coming in just a few measures in. Um, yeah, I think that's very well done. Um, One of the best again, in the movie. Yeah, again, great directing job. Oh, great yeah. cinematography. Yeah. Um, the way this the, the lighting um, mm-hmm. goes down and it's just her and the camera spinning around her throughout the scene. Really, yeah, really and well was done. Was that all and done in you one can, shot? I believe so. There I wasn't think a cut. Was, which I mean, they could have hid the cut. They could have hid the cut, but it was um, meant to be a one shot. Yeah, I love just. I love that you can almost you can almost visualize the scene, even though we don't get like a flashback mm-hmm. to it or anything. But you can. You can you can almost visualize what she's describing, mm-hmm. and just by what you see on her face mm-hmm. and what you hear in her voice. Yeah, and that's a really powerful thing in movies. Yeah, it's awesome. And then after that scene, we get the last scene. Of dialogue between Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, um, where it's pretty obvious that she nailed the audition, and I think everyone, everyone in the audience knows that she's going to get the part. Right. At least plot-wise, we know that that's going to happen. Right. And um, we get this nice last scene between Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Um, that might, they don't know it, but might be the last time they ever 
they ever talk. Yeah, that we know of. Because um, she gets the part and she goes to Paris and we cut five years into the five future. Five years later. Blows yeah. up. And she becomes a great actress and he somehow, I guess through the money from the band, yeah, is able to open up his own club. Yeah. I mean, I think... Good for him. The beautiful thing about La La Land is just the love story is so incredibly realistic mm-hmm. and simplistic. And that makes it so beautiful. I mean, the conflict in the end is ultimately between the desire to be together and their aspirations to succeed as artists in an ever-changing industry. Yeah. So, like, I mean, Sebastian obviously feels the effects of that when he's dealing with his tour that kicks off his career. And then through hard work, Mia's show doesn't even sell in the end. Um, it, the truth of her emotion in the audition is what ultimately gets her through everything um and in the end they're still happy and they got exactly what they wanted mia has a successful acting career and a family Mm -hmm. um sebastian has his jazz uh, jazz club thank god it's not called chicken on a stick Uh, um and they see each other in the end and they're finally happy there's no real grand explosion of romance lingering between them it only happens in their head like but their paths do cross again at different places worlds apart but finally happy yes and that's yeah. the importance yeah i love that they both um they're both able to follow their dreams and they both kind of get what they were hoping for at the beginning and it's it's kind of sad because they i mean they get there without each other it's very so we're kind of yeah um it's almost like the only thing keeping them from getting those things before is was, was each, each other. other. And so ultimately aspiration does win out over love in the right. end, but that's okay. Yeah. And what Chazelle but, said about the movie, he said, he said, every, no matter how many times he rewrote the script from the very beginning, he knew that he wanted it to be like, there, there, there's these people in your life that you meet that come in and out of your life that are so important to getting you where you're going, but ultimately aren't there with you in the end. Right. And I'll ask this question. Do you think they're happy where they are? I think they're happy. I think so, yeah. I feel like to some extent they're not. I feel like they both got what they wanted in terms of career, but even you can see in Mia's face at the end that she's, she might love her husband, but I feel like she knows that she was happier with Ryan Gosling because just that look on her face when she sees Ryan Gosling is just such longing and sadness I feel there's her. and that's the reality of life yeah. is that there are always going to be those people that like stuff has gone down like between you and you're never going to forget that yeah like you like you'll find happiness with other people but there will always be people in your life that you'll remember for shaping you to become the person you want to be and maybe mm-hmm. some part of you does want to go back to that mm-hmm you don't have to. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. I um I feel like some of that comes through this idea of they changed each other but they don't end up in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Um in any significant way, of course. Yeah. Um how he he uses the logo for Sebs with the music note that <laughs> that she had um she had proposed to him. Mm-hmm. Not proposed to him. Yeah, but right. we, yeah. She yeah. that was <laughs> that was her her, her her right, her suggestion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like, obviously, she pushed him to join the Messengers, which then led to him having his club, and he pushed her to do the audition, which then led to her having, you know, a successful movie career. And I can... 
even more than on Mia, I feel like you can see the pain on Sebastian's face at the very end. Yeah. Like when he when he first sits down to the piano to play and he realizes what he should play. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you can tell he's before before he sees her, you can tell he's almost forgotten about her and that he was really happy with his club. And that, you know, when he gets up on the stage and he's got all this charisma, and then as soon as he sees her, just you see this, like, sadness wash over Ryan Gosling's face. And I think... But in the end, he smiles. In the end, he smiles. And they both smile, and they both recognize what they did for each other. But I feel like while they're both happy where they are, there is some twinge of sadness in there, too, that really comes across. And I think think even though... And I feel like that's the audience's sadnesses, too. Because like oh we've gone through this whole movie of them and they're not together, and um, no. Even though we do get that beautiful epilogue, which I love the uh, the what if scenario. Um, yeah. The music in it, it's great, and also I love the uh, again the cinematography and the camera and um. I'm sure that was all done in one shot. Oh yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um. I love especially the uh, the black room where they're dancing, um, just the way the light's reflecting, and um, really, I think that blog is the best like music. Yeah, a lot of a lot of variation of styles musically and aesthetically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, even to when you get to the uh, the blurry you know eight millimeter film of with who would be their kid. Um, yeah. It, it really, like, the first time you see it, you're like, oh, please let this be reality that actually happened, even though in the back of your head you know that this isn't, that this yeah. isn't real. Yeah. I, I'm i gonna be honest, I had no idea what was happening the first time I saw yeah, the like, movie. I was like, what is this? Like, what's going on? And then afterwards, sort of, like, talking about it and just thinking about it a little more, and I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I, and, I understand. I like it. I yeah, like I that. Too. Oh, I, I love like, it. It's yeah. great. And it's, it's, it's both heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same say, time. I really like the fact that they recognize what could have been, yeah. but that they're not together. That they're not together. And I do, I do love the final, the ending shot of them just looking at each other, smiling, acknowledging it, and, um, and walking away. So do you guys have anything you want to talk about before we wrap it up? I think we've covered it. <laughs> we've covered we, it. We've talked if we for haven't a covered very everything. long time. <laughs> Almost an hour and 15 minutes. That's um, pretty good. It's okay, though. So I guess we'll, uh... We'll give our final thoughts and ranking uh, ratings and wrap it up. Can we rate this? Um, can we rate this uh, with two ratings with music and film? Sure, go for it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do my one combined ranking. But Your if you want to do it separately, that's fine. Go for it. So, uh, final thoughts and ratings, Brendan. Uh, so my final thoughts are just that this is film in its purest form and combining elements of all things that make it what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's not trying to be a musical, as I've said numerous times. It's not like, but at the same time, it's using the elements that it needs to, to create this product that ultimately produces an amazing story. So I think for that reason, the cinematography and the story itself definitely gets an A from me. Um, and the music is great. Like, I love Pascal and Paul. Uh, the singers, obviously, uh, they're not singers. They're not singers in real life, but that can be overlooked just because of who they are in the film. They're not Broadway actors either. So, uh, the music definitely gets... I'm going to go with an A-, minus, just because whereas I probably would have liked to see Broadway, uh, Broadway actors sing it, I think that it's fine the way that it is, and I'm willing to overlook that and give it the a higher grade. 
So, what's your overall grade for the entire combination film um, and music? I'll give it a name. An it's a? good. All right, good Logan. Um, yeah, I for the music. Um, I just love Pasek and Paul so much, <laughs> and. I feel like with with better performances, this would really be. Oh, it would. I mean, if this really ever comes great. to if this ever comes to Broadway, it's gonna be oh, awesome. Yeah, it's gonna smash absolutely. Um, so I will. I will give it a B plus, just because I don't think it was really for the music. Um, yeah, okay. Just really brought to life um, in its full potential, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, at the beginning of the day today, I would have probably given this movie a B. Uh, on just on the cinematography mm-hmm. scale, um, just as a as a film without the music, but I really think that through talking about it and discussing it and looking at some of the larger themes, um, I have to give it an A. Mm-hmm. It's because I really have a new appreciation for it, and I've really seen a lot of things that I didn't see before. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the whole product, what's your overall grade? A minus. A minus. Yeah. All right. So. Um, for me, I this is my number one movie of last year, and it's probably up there, uh, tied with Force Awakens for my favorite movie of the decade um, so far. I'm sure we'll talk about Star Wars at some point. But, um, <laughs> when we get to Star Wars, it's gonna be oh boy, those are going to be longer than this. Oh, um, definitely for sure, especially a uh, Phantom Menace. But to... oh god, <laughs> but um, talking about the prequels, we will talk about the prequels when we do Star Wars. Um, yeah. But um. But yeah, everything in this movie works for me, um, especially coming... I feel like I might even enjoy it more as a person who isn't, like, so into music that I, like, the maybe the performances didn't bother me um, sure. the way it would bother someone who is, you know, musically trained. Um, Aficionado. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I, as not someone who's... Not it bothers me. Not, yeah, not even that it bothers you, but that... Understands it. Yeah, you understand it more, and I feel like... Story-wise and direction-wise, Chazelle is... This is Chazelle's masterpiece, and I don't know if he, that he's ever going to be able to make a movie that I love the way I love this movie. And um, I guess I understand that there is problems with it musically, but I it doesn't bother me at all in that this is my number one movie of last year by far. I loved Moonlight. It's in my top ten of last year, but I really would have rather seen... I understand culturally that Moonlight is a more significant movie um, in that it's really important that it won Best Picture, but I would have voted for La La Land for Best Picture. Emma Stone definitely deserved Best Actress, and um, Chazelle deserved Best Director, and um, even though Gosling didn't win Best Actor, I feel like he was second. Like it, uh, Casey Affleck deserved that uh, for Manchester by the Sea. But um, overall, I love this movie. Um, there is not much better that you can see, and I'm going to give this movie an A+. So, um, so yeah, that's our second podcast, and we ran almost an hour and 20 minutes on that oh, one. Dang. Oh, that's good. There was, there was a lot more to talk about in this than mm-hmm. most other ones. Most other movies. There's, there's so much between the music and the movie, and especially with your two experiences. Yeah, sure. I feel like this is going to be a lot more interesting when we get to, um, new releases, mm-hmm. because... When we, I mean, when we have these movies, like we can sit down and watch and prepare. Well, right, and you loved. I mean, you loved Arrival, mm-hmm. and so you showed it to us, and we loved it. Mm-hmm. And we all, we, of course, we all knew La La Land. It was one of the best movies of last year. Mm-hmm. But, and so obviously, we're gonna give them, you know, all A's and A minuses mm-hmm. and yeah. A pluses. Um, 
We've talked but, about my number two and number one movies yes, of last year. Sure. So, um, I'm, trust me, I am not this kind of most movies. Yeah, uh, no. When we talk about Suicide Squad, we'll talk about that. Oh, God. Oh, oh yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I, I have given... Yeah. This is one of two A-plus movies of this decade for me. So It's good. Um, but yeah, once we get to... It'll be interesting when we get to Kingsman, The Golden Circle, and yes. Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. And, um... Yeah. When, when it's fresh, so. when it's right after seeing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And um, especially when we get to Justice League. I was going to was gonna say the new Star Wars, but then again. We will, <laughs> I feel like we will do Star Wars, but I want to wait for 9 to do Star Wars. Okay. So we'll probably do Star Wars once we get to 9. Maybe Han Solo. Maybe we'll do it for Han Solo when it comes out in May. Sure. But um, but yeah, that was our... That was our long podcast, and right. there we go. Yeah, yes. we did it. We don't know what our uh, next podcast will be, but it will be out to you next week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, All right. thanks for listening, guys, and follow us. Uh, Stop wait what on Facebook. Uh, Stop wait what on Instagram. Instagram, and follow us at Cinema Talk Pod on um, Twitter. on Twitter, and check Zip out uh, R Floyd Seventeen I on Stardust. It's a new app that I'm happy to be um, on is very small, but uh, you give 30-second reactions to movies, and uh, if you want to see more of my reactions to movies, check me out on uh, rfloyd17 on Stardust. Check it out. So, uh, thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. See you next time. Bye!